This is 89.1 WEMU, and welcome back to The Green Room. I'm David Fair, and this month we continue with an ongoing series of the PFAS family of chemicals. When Michigan began testing for PFAS in water supplies in April of 2018, it soon became a grim game of seek and ye shall find. So far, authorities have found 65 PFAS-contaminated sites in Michigan. In this third installment of a five-part series on PFAS, Barbara Lucas aims a first-person lens on a few of the places in Michigan these forever chemicals have been discovered. I'm nine years old, standing on the sidewalk, peering through a store window. The object of my desire is a pair of shoes, Hush Puppies. That name, that adorable Basset Hound logo. I beg my mom, and soon they're mine. Little did we know back then, their water repellent properties were thanks to the PFAS chemicals in Scotchgard. Was my wearing them dangerous? Actually, experts say the biggest concern is not so much in the use of PFAS-containing products, but in their making. So where were my hush puppies made? Fast forward to 2018. I'm in the huge store in Rockford, Michigan that sells Wolverine International's shoes. Thank you. After checking it out, I take a spin on my bike down the White Pine Trail behind the store along the picturesque Rogue River. Next to the trail is a chain link fence. Ominous signs say, warning, environmental contamination investigation ongoing at this site. No trespassing. I ask a pedestrian on the trail about the signs. I walk my bike as he fills me in. There was a tannery that was located right here. He tells me until it was torn down 10 years ago, Wolverine's leather tannery was on this site. He says back in the day, they spread sludge waste on farm fields and in dumps and tossed leather trimmings along the river. Probably trimmings from my treasured hush puppies, I'm realizing. Not a happy thought in light of the contamination. For instance, a well here may have the distinction of having the highest PFAS level ever recorded in drinking water. A short ways down, I come upon Rockford's Dam. People are fishing. I hope they don't plan to eat their catch, considering the PFAS fish advisory. Watching the foam swirling on the surface, I'm thinking how the state of Michigan recently found PFAS in foam here in the hundreds of thousands parts per trillion. 2018 has been another bad year for Michigan's water. We found this is far from the only place struggling with a PFAS mess. All I have to do is look at where I've lived. Due south on my PFAS road trip is rural Kalamazoo where I grew up. Standing in front of my elementary and high school buildings, I look towards the since torn down electroplating plant. The plant used PFAS as misuppressants to protect workers from toxic fumes. Likely they thought they were doing the right thing, but now at least 42 nearby residential wells are contaminated with PFAS. I pass our old farmhouse. Just a tad down our road is the huge church, which in July 2018 hosted the town hall I'd watched online. I, along with about a thousand anxious attendees and government officials, tried to wrap our minds around the news. The quiet little town of Parchment, AKA Paper City, had one of the worst PFAS contaminations in the state. Next stop on my tour, the Parchment Library to meet with Bob Barber. He's the former mayor of a nearby town. He lives in the affected area and he's mad. Who knew what and when about PFAS isn't clear. 
but Barbara feels it was obvious to all the stuff the paper mills were dumping was going to cause problems. They're all foreseeable. They all could have been prevented. He shows me around. As we head a few blocks to the Kalamazoo River, Barbara and I so reminisce. It was almost like you could taste it. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about when the a smells so overwhelming like that. Yeah. Yes, I do know. I can still smell it. As a kid, I held my breath when we drove along the river. Making the memory worse is knowing now that to make their laminated products oil and grease resistant, it was a PFAS chemical that did the trick. You'll see this whole area used to be uh, a paper mill. He pulls up to what's left of it. The windows are broken out. There's graffiti. The gloom here is palpable. A bit further down the road. That's the landfill they're talking about leaching. So what all went in that landfill? Anything that they couldn't dump in the river. I mean, you know, it's just waste from making paper. And I don't know what the regulations were. I mean, my guess is that they dumped anything they wanted in there. So why not? Let's just dump it out back and somebody else will worry about it someday. That day's finally come. In July 2018, when parchment drinking water was found to contain PFAS, 20 times the federal advisory level, residents were immediately put on bottled water. Governor Snyder declared a state of emergency. Now we're coming right up here on North Elementary. My daughter taught first grade here. To children, I now realize, who may have grown up drinking PFAS in their water. Next stop is Spring Brook, prized by trout fishers in my happy place as a kid. I would spend hours wading in its achingly cold, crystal clean water. Now, maybe not so clean. The brook is within the study area for Parchment's groundwater contamination. Traces of PFAS were found in a well next to the brook. Well, I appreciate... Uh, I say goodbye to Barbara and head to the countryside west of Kalamazoo, to the house we rented as newlyweds. It's near the KL Avenue landfill, which I'm finding out now was declared a Superfund site the year we moved in. It's caused a groundwater plume of 1,4-dioxane and other toxins. Knowing that leachate from landfills often contains PFAS, I contact the EPA. They tell me it will be tested for PFAS fall 2019. Luckily, on maps, our former house seems clear of the spreading plume. But still, I get up my nerve. I ask the current renter if she's ever had her well water tested. Surprisingly, she welcomes me in and tells me, in fact, she has just received a water testing kit. What are the chances? See that you were home and that you were uh, interested in your water. <laughs> that is bizarre. I am very concerned. She you know, ordered the test kit from the state of Michigan for $18. I hope it's a comprehensive report. She shows it to box me. Box with There's a little bottle that I'll be putting a sample in. PFAS is not on the list of what it tests for. The cost of PFAS testing is way more than her $18 kit. And anyway, we agree that so far, she has no reason to suspect it's in her water. But she's worried about neighbors above the plume. Finally, I head east to Ann Arbor, where I live now, and in the 1970s as well. We now know PFAS has been found in the water here. No telling when it started, since testing only began recently. In spring 2018, on one of my daily dog walks along the Huron, I noticed an unusual amount of foam on the river. I mentioned it to city staff, hoping it had nothing to do with the PFAS-containing foam I'd been hearing about. But unfortunately, we were soon greeted by signs around Argo Pond that said, do not eat the fish. 
tests had shown high levels of PFAS in fish and foam in numerous places on the Huron. Here's fisherman Robert Jones. A lot of big fish in here, but, you know, they're contaminated now, so I just catch and release. You know, it's too bad. We had a lot of good times on this river, and um, I'm so sad that the water that polluted that you can't even eat the fish anymore. So I'm very sad. Where did the PFAS in our beloved Huron come from? At least partly another metal plating plant and Ann Arbor drinking water is drawn from the Huron. So to remove PFAS chemicals, the city's water treatment plant uses granular activated carbon filters and tests the water every two weeks. Good to know that unlike bottled water on my grocery shelf, Ann Arbor water is regularly tested and treated for PFAS. There are a lot of unknowns when it comes to PFAS, but what I do now know is it's been pervasive in my life and I'm far from alone. Is there anything else you want to say before I Please know? clean my river up before I die. <laughs> In the green room, I'm Barbara Lucas, 89.1 WEMU News. Join us for next month's edition of The Green Room and we'll bring you the fourth in our five-part series on PFAS chemicals. It will focus on PFAS prevention efforts. The fifth and final part of the series will explore the politics of PFAS. To hear the first two parts in this series, visit the Green Room Archive at WEMU.org. I'm David Fair, and this is 89.1 WEMU-FM and WEMU-HD1 Ypsilanti.